We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Binks, we're celebrating the countdown to Super Bowl with former Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler, and 11-year NFL vet, Michael Bennett. We chat about who he's rooting for on Sunday, why people hate Tom Brady so much, and how he feels the NFL has done addressing social justice. Here's the tea with Michael Bennett while we drink tea. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. It is Super Bowl week, baby. Only a couple of days left until the big dance. And normally we would be on Radio Row, which is essentially media from all over the world, just packed into this room, kind of like cattle, really a COVID Petri dish right now. So it's good that we're not there. We are staying home to stay safe. But last year we did over 35 interviews with some of the biggest names in sports. And surprisingly, one of those names is joining us to be able to talk about the Super Bowl once again. That is none other than Michael Bennett, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks, three-time Pro Bowler, 11 seasons in the NFL. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us here today all the way from Hawaii how are things going for you it's going good usually at the 11 seasons people can't speak so that's good to know that it's not just football it's also entertainment too now it's going good I think uh it's been a a weird year but I think things are getting better and it's kind of you know grounding the, it's good that NFL's games are being able to be played because it's like there's so many things going around us, and I think you know sports allows people to have happiness in a sense and be connected in some kind of sense. You know, sports brings people together. So, you know, the NFL having these games and the Super Bowl being still being played is, I think, it's important to society and um, and just in general. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I say this every week, but hand up. I was surprised that we're having a Super Bowl being played at this time with the pandemic. But you're right. It is a very good distraction. Uh, and it's it's a, a way for us to to be able to see the sport that, that we love being played. And as we do on Drinks with Binks, we've got a we've got a drink here today. What are we drinking and toasting to? We, we drink. I'm drinking matcha green tea and Japanese ceramic cup. Um, uh, toasting to just a new year, a good life. Things are happy. Wabi-sabi, feeling good. Um, endurance for everything that comes in front of us. So toast in the words of a great philosopher in the 21st century, featuring Drake feature. Um, life is good. 
I love it. Cheers. Anything to do with Drake is numero uno. Except for when he goes right. We are sipping on some tea right now, which is just delightful. And it is an interesting time because we are watching Super Bowl week unfold. And it's so different because what we're used to is like the pomp and circumstance of media night and all these interviews. And uh, it's, it's also the celebration and the fans there is none of that this year. We just saw Tom Brady talking on Zoom from his hotel room. It's, there's nothing like this ever seen before. You've played in a Super Bowl before. What do you think are maybe the pros and cons of of, of not having all of that? I think, I think it's important. Somebody like Tom Brady, who's always being badgered with questions, and he's always been very articulate with not giving away any things, keys to the game, but also not giving any two keys away to his life. So I think for him... Uh, it's probably good for him. It's the ability just to focus on the game, focus on the strategy. What are we going to do? What are their strengths? What are our weaknesses? And how are we going to, you know, win this game? So there's the pros in that. And it doesn't, because sometimes media day, unless you like Marshawn Lynch and you can just say, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I think sometimes media day can get a little overwhelming because you have so many different types of media outlet. There's no judgment on it. Who's, who's, what's their credentials? I don't even think there's, there's probably, there's, less credentials to um, do a lot of things than to get into the Super Bowl and be a part of media, which which sucks sometimes because people ask you some some dumb questions. Can we say dumb on here? Is, is that still... Oh, he oh. can say a whole lot more than dumb. Yes. Yeah, people ask you shitty questions that they already know the answer to. It's like it's like a midnight Shyamalan movie. Like It's like <laughs> you know the questions and you know how it's going to end. And it's kind of like, why waste the time? You should, so at the end of the day, there's a lot of pros to not having media day, but there's a lot of cons too, because I think the fans look forward to those questions and being connected to their favorite players and knowing things out and how they feel about the Super Bowl. But I think, you know, with the way things are going, Zoom is good enough for the fans. And if it's good enough for the media, then I guess that's okay. Yes. Uh, speaking of some of those experiences at media night, I mean, you also have the people that are coming dressed up. They're doing these bits and shticks and, and some of it lands, some of it doesn't. And you also have like the lights and the cameras all over you. Is it, um, I mean, is it fun at all in that way? Uh, no, I think everybody tries to be like Andy Kaufman. They try to do these theatrics and they try to be these characters that they really can't really live in because they're not good actors. And, I don't, it's actually funny though to see some of the, the ploys that people use and they live in this dystopia of thinking that we're part of their their shenanigans. But overall, I think um, the thing I miss most about it is just the camaraderie. I think is you get sometimes you do sets with your teammates and it's kind of cool. And obviously you get to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live and Julie Stewart, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. those are cool things are cool, but you know, it's better when you're getting paid. But uh, I think uh, media days, it's, it's okay. It's not a bad thing, but I think media day inside of that little place that we were last night, last yeah. time you said it was a, a COVID Petri dish. It, yes. That technically would have been happening because they should have Colgate doing a sponsorship because it's like people have bad breath and then they're talking a lot of shit. So it's like metaphorically, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, especially all those people all together at once. I mean, you have to think that uh, there was definitely some sort of spread of maybe coronavirus last year. We're not sure. Uh, let's get into the good stuff, which is the Super Bowl. You, uh, you know, you really got your start in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you then now supporting them in the Super Bowl? Well, I support the Tampa Bay, and I, I mean, I don't have a. Even though I started with Tampa Bay, and I love the city of Tampa Bay, it's a pretty cool city. Uh, uh, I don't know who I'm going for because Tom, 
Tom Brady's mm-hmm. my boy, and then Frank mm-hmm. Clark is my boy. So it's kind of like hard to choose, and it's kind of be. So I like to stay neutral. I'm like Switzerland when it comes to you know war, wars in this place. So I'm I'm staying neutral, but I think overall it's just going to be a great game because you have two great teams. And I love defense, and when I look at Tampa Bay. Um, I was lucky to play for Tampa Bay because growing up, my favorite team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I love defense. Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, uh, Shelton Corals, um, just everybody. You know, you had uh, just just so many great players on that defense that I just love that defense when I go back into thinking about it. Greg Spires, just Simeon Rice. So those defense was something that I loved, and now that Tampa Bay is back to having that type of defense, it's, it's enjoyable. Right. So on that note of defense and from your vantage point, uh, you played on the same team as Tom Brady. You said he's your boy. How? What's the book on him? How do you stop him? I think with Tom Brady, you have to really push and keep those guys flowing and flowing. And you look back in the most of the games that Tom Brady's lost in the Super Bowl has been because of great pass rush. And I think, you know, that puts a lot of that puts a lot on Frank Clark and the rest of that defense and Chris Jones because those are two good players when it comes to pass rushing. But overall, the unit isn't as strong as, um, as Tampa Bay when you talk about Shaq Barnett and you talk about Jason Pierre-Paul. Those guys are two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So I think both teams have a hard um, pill to swallow when you think about trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. But when you look at Tom Brady, I think the thing you have to do is get him uncomfortable in the pocket. And if you let him be comfortable and the way, the amount of time that he's been in the game, he's Yoda, you know, he's Obi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's one of the greatest Jedi masters when it comes to knowing the game and what what's about to happen. He's seen it all. So if you're not, if you're not getting to him and just playing the nitty gritty and not trying to cheat, cheat and try to do different things, just line up in front of him and just rush him. And like I said, I think the Giants did it the best when they had Obviously, they had Jason Pierre-Paul, mm-hmm. O.C., you know, Mike, um, mm. and Michael, the great Michael Strahan. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned Tom Brady there, Obi-Wan Kenobi. What is something, I know I have to go to break, but very quickly, what is something that would surprise us about Tom? Because there's a lot of hate that goes on toward Tom. America's drawn to hate anybody that has too much success. It's just a part of our DNA. If so, we like somebody and just when they start to get too much success, we hate them. People hated Kobe Bryant because he had too much success. People hate LeBron James. He's like, oh, he's not Michael Jordan. But then you look at it, it's like, well, statistically, he's kind of better than Michael Jordan. But it's like, we just hate people who win too much. People hate Floyd Mayweather. People just hate Tom Brady because Tom Brady's a winner. And every single week he shows up. The thing I think that's um, pretty cool about Tom Brady is that when I was around him in the locker room, he was he really loved architectural. and He loved homes. He loved looking at furniture. So I thought that was pretty cool for him to be that type of... And also food. I don't know how anybody eats avocado ice cream. I tried it and it's disgusting. I think some yeah. things you shouldn't change. Not that I'm talking bad about vegan people, but are people who do other things that substitute sugar. But sometimes sugar and meat cannot be substituted in things such as hamburgers, things such as chicken, and things such as ice cream. We don't want ice cream that doesn't have dairy. That In that case, it's not ice cream. It's something else. Don't tell me I'm eating a pulled pork sandwich when it's jackfruit. So at the end of the day, I think Tom Brady's ability to do what he does for food is, is kind of cool. 
I love that. That was such a great rant. First of all, you were so political by being like, uh, you know, if you, you sugar substitutes and, you know, meat, but also who's eating avocado ice cream? Like, this is a great bit. Keep this in your repertoire. You know, you might use it again if you ever want to do stand-up comedy. You, you certainly have a concern about it. Uh, we got to go to break. We got a whole lot more to come with Super Bowl champion Michael Bennett. Don't go anywhere. This is Drinks With Thanks. Hey guys, welcome back into Drinks with Banks. I'm JSB, and we're so thrilled to be joined by Super Bowl champion Michael Bennett, who has retired since the last time we spoke at Media Week last year. And uh, looking at just that Instagram post you put up, where you had the phrase, looking forward to the rebirth, the opportunity to reimagine your purpose, which is very profound. What do you, what does that look like now? It's hard enough to be known for one thing or to be great at one thing but to reimagine and try to do something else outside of that is very complicated. So for me, the search and journey for that is an important thing, an important process, because it's like there's sports can only do so much. And it's like, how could you make something that's sustainable in life? How could you make sustainable relationships? How could you make meaningful conversations between people around the world? And for me, that's kind of what that means for me is like, what's next outside of what we've done in football and sports. And at some point, um, we can only hold sports to be just a small part of what the world really needs. And I think although sports brings people together, it also allows us to find a way to grow deeper, deeper conversations, not just about race, but how we treat women, how we do different things like that. So I think it's important for athletes to really dig into ourselves and just reimagine ourselves, not just only being a conduit of, of, of product, but also being the conduit of, of philosophy and understanding society and understanding how we can play a big role into a lot of different things outside of just the realm of what people expect from us. Right. Definitely. To, uh, you know, dive deeper into this, what in particular is something that you want to be a part of now? Yeah. So for me, I'm going back to school um, and I'm studying um, architectural and um, sustainability and urban planning, because I really look up to people like Gordon Parks and um, Theaster Gates, what they're able to do into these communities and reimagining spaces in inner cities. I think how we look at our society and we, we look at communities and we, we are inspired by what we see outside. So the ability to re um, to transformate buildings or parks or um, community centers and you know, giving people living spaces where there's working with homeless people and recreating a space with design and using creativity to inspire people, I think is an important notion to not to show people that, you know, we all have a responsibility to our fellow men and, and women inside their communities and just not the way of just, you know, just thinking that writing people off, you know, the, I think that with redesigning certain areas and redoing, you know, libraries, redoing things that are required, the arts, you know, even Julius Caesar mm -hmm. in Rome, you know, they had to make sure that arts were a part of the society in a way that made sense for people to grow. And I think that's an important part of what 
I want to do with the things that in the future for myself. Well, those are all very tangible ideas of trying to make change. And, uh, you know, you mentioned different underrepresented communities, marginalized people that don't necessarily have access to certain resources and whatnot. We know that you've been vocal about social justice when you're playing in the NFL and beyond. So we want to get into that and how the NFL has done in addressing a number of these issues when we return on the other side of Drinks with Banks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart-Binks. We have three-time Pro Bowler, 11-year NFL vet Michael Bennett with us here today. Of course, won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. And we've been discussing uh, what Michael's now doing that he has retired and sort of what his vision is. And we know that you have been very vocal about social justice in the NFL. And even when we spoke last year in the interview that we had, you said as athletes, before we can change the world, we have to change our sport. We saw earlier this year that NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell took a different tone as it pertained to Black Lives Matter in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. How do you feel the NFL has done in terms of dealing with social justice in the league? Oh, that's a deep question. And I'm going to like deep questions. Um, I think uh, it's very hard because to really judge somebody yet, because I think time is the essence of what we can judge somebody on the on their merits, right? I think if we're looking at just for face showing and the ability to be on Instagram and see all those things, those are very short things that we can judge and say, hey, this is this is the change that we need to see. And I think a lot of times with these relationships with the NFL and these communities, it always being transactional. And so at this point, it's trying to be transformational. And I think that takes time. And I think the NFL is taking steps to do those things. I think sometimes we want change to happen so fast that it is if it doesn't happen at the rate that we want to happen, then it's not they're not making the effort. So I think we're Roger Goodell and the NFL, I think they're doing I think they're doing some great things. I'm not gonna say that they're not doing great things. I think there's always gonna be the stigma that um because Colin Kaepernick didn't get another opportunity that the NFL isn't doing enough. And I think we have to really as as a community and we're as a as a whole, as a fan base, we really have to find out what is what really is the judgment of what really decides if the NFL is making true impact. And I think with the things that they're doing with um, the Inspire campaigns, the thing with Harry Edwards, the things that's working with women and having these conversations are all good steps. So I think Roger Goodell them are doing a pretty good job at this moment of really trying to make change. And I think, like I said, I think we're going to really see over the time, does it stick? Because I think sometimes we get caught in society of being part of symbols. And that's okay because, you know, symbols are a part of life. If you look back and we code the whole, you the world and look back, symbols were always a part of how we communicate. And we look back at hieroglyphics, we look back at our former man, Neanderthals, all the way back then, you know, symbols were how we communicated. So I'm not saying that symbols are bad, but sometimes symbolism can lead people down the wrong path. And I think for us, we can't just be a part of just saying, putting, um, in racism in the back of the the end zone. It's about changing policy and doing all those things. And I think that it's not only on Roger Goodell, it's on the players. And I think the players are really taking those steps to really make, to do the change too. So like I said, I think overall, not just judging Roger Goodell, but also what the players are doing. I think I would give it like a B plus. I think they're doing what they need to be doing in some sense. 
Right. The players have done a good job in, in terms of using their voice and their platform. But when we look at what's gone on this week in particular in the last couple weeks with seeing Eric Bieniemy going to his second Super Bowl, he has now been passed over for a head coaching job in three straight years. Even Andy Reid was saying he was disappointed by it. At this point, um, how can you explain not hiring him? I think we can explain that. I think that's a, that's one of those anomalies that we are trying to figure out. It's almost like, did they walk on the moon kind of thing? Like, how is it? How is how is somebody like Eric Benjamin, who's been um, led one of the top offenses over the last five years, who has one of the greatest quarterback talents and and back to back Super Bowl, and gets overlooked for guys who haven't even competed or even understands of how to even run in the team and being under somebody like Andy Reid. And I think we look back and this is one of the things I was saying about changing when you talk about the change that I was talking about is also within the organization, the presidents, within the GMs, how diversity is represented in those spaces. And I think as we look at somebody like Eric Benjamin and looking at guys like Zach Taylor, we have to look at Zach Taylor, we have to look at people like um, seeing Zach Taylor and I can't and and the Texans what the Texans did and giving Josh McCowan an opportunity to interview for the head coach we have to think that race plays in some sense of that you know the ability for somebody who's of the opposite race has a longer lead time to fail you know with black coaches you only mm-hmm. get a short time you know look at not only eric the enemy but look at chris richard chris richard as a defensive coordinator he was one of the top defensive coordinators and he still hasn't had a job in the last two years but you look at guys who haven't even ran a defense who are getting opportunities and i think that mm-hmm. just has to do with that's the change that we have to see but i don't know when that's going to happen because I think that also uh, black players, that's important for black players to bring up too, because I think a lot of times African-American players don't realize that one day they're going to be inside of the coaching, um, the coaching and want to be coaches. And they're going to run into the same barriers that Chris Richard and Eric Benjamin are running into. And they're going to want change and they're going to want people to support them. And I think it really starts with um, the players supporting these coaches and not seeing it from the coach doesn't represent them. They're just a part of as much as, what we're doing in society, we also have to do within our sport. Um, I think my grandma used to say at best, you know, charity starts at home. What you do in the world is important, but also how you treat your family is just as important. So I think how we treat the fellow coaches and our fellow men is, is, is important. Right. So there is still a lot of work to be done within the NFL. But as you mentioned, um, the measuring stick by which we are looking at it is years and years. And it is deeply entrenched in that that it's not just going to happen overnight. We have a whole lot more you want to get to with Michael Bennett. Stay tuned, guys. This is Drinks with Thanks. It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, (laughs) but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Well, guys, we've had an awesome time drinking and binking here with Michael Bennett. And, Michael, where can we find you next? Uh, you can find me all over. I'll probably be in the pool, the ocean. No, I'm joking. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, MosesBridge72. But also, too, I'm working on a lot of different things. I'm working on it uh, currently with a pilot with HBO. 
um, Max took called Things That Make White People Uncomfortable with like Jones World Production. So, um, pretty interesting show, but I can't wait for it to come out. Um, so, that's pretty much me, man, just doing things like that and focusing on stuff like that, really. And um, it's kind of interesting, too, because I think sometimes with how things work on TV is just a lot different than how things work on the football field. So, getting used to um, not just being coached, just like regular coaching, but also through like too many emails. I'm just tired of emails. I'm over emails. Like, emails are just like. You and me both, buddy. They're just like. Like flies are like they're worse. They're like mosquitoes because like flies they come in and then they go away. But like mosquitoes, they like suck at you. And I feel like yes, emails, like, and then more like, come and then mm-hmm, and then you're scratching it and then it just gets worse. Yeah, even though you don't have any skin because you didn't, you know. And it's like just mosquitoes. And it doesn't stop. It's always mosquito season in the media. So uh, you know, put on that repellent because it's gonna. It's only gonna get worse from here. So good luck with those emails. At least you don't have to take any hits to the head in media. Uh, you never know though. It's a yeah. dangerous business sometimes. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much. For being here on the show. Uh, guys, you know where to find all of our other episodes on YouTube at Fubo Sports. And until next time, bottoms up, bitches. Enjoy yourself, people. Know thyself, Socrates. Looking for a chill conversation over drinks with some of your favorite athletes, journalists, and celebrity sports fans? Well, you're in luck. Join me, Julie Stewart-Binks, on my show, Drinks with Binks, where we sit down with everyone from Stanley Cup winning head coach John Cooper to MLS commissioner Don Garber, legendary sports broadcaster Dan Patrick, and actor Colin Hanks. Listen to Drinks with Binks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Katie Nolan. I'm Grant Wall. I'm Boog Shambi. And I had way too many Drinks with Binks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.